you've got to work on me, God. Let this be my job. Oh, make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Make us one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord with me now. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands and thank the Lord for the word. day of living seems unfair so you try again at all of your dreams and plans but they end up in defeat and the fancy frills that once fulfilled now leave you incomplete and you wonder where your life's gone wrong and why you can't Friend, your hope's not gone, it's just been too long Since you've had to believe So keep believing In what you know is true Keep believing You know the Lord will see you through And when troubles rise in your life can only bring defeat if he can somehow shake what we believe so our faith cannot be based upon only what we see or feel and the circumstances cannot change what our hearts know to be real so when down to rise and cloud your minds my friend don't be deceived for with a knowledge of the word of god in our hearts we can be believed now you can take god at his word he is faithful and true, and not a prayer will go unanswered. In his time, he'll see you through. You've just got to keep believing in what
troubles rise in your life and you don't know what to do when you're looking for answers but you can't find your way when the enemy tells you that there's nothing to pray just remember God is faithful and his word is true and if to do you'll be fine if you just keep believing hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Come on, everybody. Let's sing together. Oh, God is going to finish just, just what he started. Even though the water got to be parted, lift up your head. Don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish what he started. Oh, God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the water got to be parted, your head. Don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish what he started. Lift it up now. God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the water got to. Hey, lift up your head and don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together. God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the Hearted. God is going to finish what he started. One more time. God is going to just what he started. Even though the water got to be parted. Lift up your head. Don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish what he started. I wonder if we got any believers in the house. Turn and shake hands with somebody and say, God is going to bless you. Don't be discouraged. Give out a little love here today. Come on, you need, to, you need to believe that. Step out from where you are and just find somebody and say, God's going to bless you. God's going to help you. Some of you pastors, go encourage one another. Hang in there. Keep believing. Oh, God is going to finish just what he started. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on. You're scared of one another. Some of you are still right where you are. You won't even walk across the aisle to encourage one of your brothers. Are we in this together? Come on, God is going to finish just, just what he started. Oh, the water got to be part. Hey, lift up your head and don't be broken. Now, that's better. That's it. You're going to make it. God's going to make a way for you. God is going to finish just what he started. Oh, got to be Lift up your head and don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish. Come on, everybody. Oh, God is going to finish. That's what he started. Even though the water got to be parted. Lift up your head. Don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish what he started in you. God is going to finish. That's what he started. Even though the water got to be parted. Lift up your head. Don't be broken hearted. God is going to finish what he started.
Cardinals here today? Huh? Any Baptist uh, superintendents here today? Don't think so. You know who's here? Your brothers and sisters in the Lord. You've got to encourage one another. You've got to encourage one another. Lift up your head. Don't be brokenhearted. God is going to finish what he started in you. Oh, God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the water got to parted. Lift up your head. Don't be brokenhearted. God is going to finish what he started. One more time. God is going to finish just what he started. Even though the water got to be parted. Lift up your head. Don't be brokenhearted. I think you ought to thank Brother Pew for this great sermon he's preached to us. Clap your hands and amen, 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 amen. On the far west coast, there is another country called California. If it were a separate economy, it would be the seventh largest economic power in the world. But it is barely part of the United States, but still hanging in there. And from this distant land comes Brother Philip White. He is pastoring in Burbank, California, which, there, matter of fact, there's so many sermons, we had to double check on that. It's in the Los Angeles area. He's no stranger here in the Midwest. He's been preaching around here a lot. He's been blessing us as he does his own congregation. We are very thankful for the ministry of Brother White. He is a man of faith, he is a man of courage, and he's going to inspire us today. What a great day we're having. Now, I'm going to say this to every preacher, to every member of the church. This is the third sermon today. It's not the easiest slot, and Brother White knows that better than anyone else because he knows you might be a little hungry or you might have your mind on that kind of thing. But I want you, as he's coming, to say to him by just... I don't know, clapping your hands, throwing paper wads at him or something. Let him know you're going to be with him. You want him to preach to us. We're here, Brother White, to hear the word, and you're the man. Come and preach to us the word of God. Brother Philip White from Burbank, California. Come on, are you going to be with him? Are you going to help him preach? Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Mooney, for your kindness and each one that have brought me here i am delighted to be in mark again and i volunteered to the powers that be around here that if they needed to do anything with me or eliminate me my slot i would be delighted and some of you probably would be delighted amen but you're stuck that's all there is to it Amen. And we're going to have a great time in God. Amen. The book of Habakkuk, if you will turn there, I want to read to you the first three verses of his book and the last three verses 
of his book and take a little time to give you a synopsis of the intervening verses that are there. I was recently in Branson, went there with my wife for a few days off, and uh, someone was talking about this fiddler. Said, oh, if you go to hear him, said, he is such a generous performer. I said, what do you mean by that? Said, well, the rest of the performers only give you an hour and a half. Said, but for the same money, he'll give you three hours' worth. And so today, for the same money, why don't we think that way about preachers like we do entertainers? Amen. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, man, some of you break it out in a cold sweat already. Habakkuk chapter number one. I want to read to you there first three verses of his writing. He said, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou shew me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. The last three verses we all know very well of his same book. He started it with those words, and he ends it with this. That although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instrument. My subject this afternoon is this, joy that's guaranteed to last. Joy that's guaranteed to last. I don't know of any other commodity in this world that's more transient than that of joy. Amen. Joy is something everybody in the world is seeking for. And they get a hold of it just when they think they got it. It dissipates and leaves them. But let's hear what God's Word has to say about it today. Shall we pray, O God? Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. With honor and praise and thanksgiving, we have exalted in your Word, God. We have heard the tremendous Word of God night and day, O Lord. And I sincerely desire just to be a blessing to your people, God. Oh, Lord, to magnify a portion of your great word that you would minister strength, blessing, and help to the need of every soul that is here. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Habakkuk was a man very much like you and I in every way. He was a man that was praying 
but God wasn't answering his prayer. And Habakkuk had some questions to offer back unto God. He said, I, I'm just sorry, Lord, but when you don't answer my prayer, I'm just human enough to believe one of two conclusions that either God isn't there or God doesn't care. He's callous. He's indifferent. He ignores my frantic cries as to what is going on in my life. He said, Lord, look around you. Get a, get a glimpse of it and see what is happening in my life, my own personal little hemisphere. And I want to know why the violence, the strife, the contention, the problems, the circumstances that I am going through, and I, I could endure it if you would just explain to me, God, how long am I going to have to cry before the answer comes? If you would just place a timetable down there on the end of it and say in 21 days or in six months or 18 months, I, I could accept everything that's happening and just simply believe it and have the endurance that it takes to make it all the way through to the end. God looked at him and said, Oh, Habakkuk, the thing you don't understand is me withholding the answer from you was just an act of my mercy unto you because the answer is not really what you're wanting to hear. Well, what is the answer? Well, the answer is that the worst is yet to come. The Chaldeans are going to get here pretty soon. And when they come, he said, man, if you think the fat hit the fan now, just wait until the Chaldeans get here and things really, oh man, you are passing out now. Things really, really, Habakkuk, are going to get bad. You see, Habakkuk, the very name itself means to embrace. I am here to declare to you today that embracing God is the only way to get understanding to the suffering of this present life. Getting a grip on God and getting a hold of Him and saying, God, I don't understand a whole lot about life right now, but I know one thing. I'm going to sink my fingernails into your hide, God, and I'm going to hold you with a bear hug like I have never hung on to anybody else at any time in all of my life. God said, yeah, you're catching on now, son. He took him in the second chapter. He said, come up here. I want you to come to my tower. And the scripture said that he went into his prayer tower there and he began to get a perspective of things from that tower like he had never seen it before. I'm here to tell you that only at a prayer tower do we get a heavenly view of the earthly mess that we're in? 
Amen. Only from a prayer tower do we get up there with God and we start seeing things uh, the way that God sees it. Uh, he got a vision of the Lord uh, in full control of all of the earth. Uh, I'm telling you, nature was convulsing. Uh, the mountains were scattering. The Bible said the hills bowed down. The sun and the moon stood still. God was threshing the heathen in his anger. I'm telling you, God was just controlling it uh, exactly the way that he had planned to get it done. Uh, and he said, Habakkuk, you got a picture of that now? You got a view of that? Does it help you better understand uh, that though your world may have spun out of control, uh, I'm still controlling the switches uh, up here, and I have absolute full control, uh, and nothing is uh, happening uh, that I am not in control. Up. He said, when I saw that, he said, my belly started trembling. Woo! I mean, it, it just started shaking. He said, my lips started a quivering. My whole body just got the shakes uh, all over me as I thought uh, they're right what they were singing about. Our God is an awesome God. Uh, he really does uh, have control about it. Uh, and from that prayer tower, it wasn't Martin Luther, but it was Habakkuk that penned the words uh, that said, The just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. And since God's got full control about it, he said, I have just decided something. There ain't no sense in me getting any more ulcers over the situation. There ain't no sense in me getting frustrated and all tied up in knots for one more night. Since God has really got full control of it, he said, Brother Pugh, I just believe I'm going to start rejoicing in all things. Uh, I just believe uh, that since God has it all uh, under his control, I might as well enjoy the ride. Uh, I might as well enjoy living for God uh, and rejoicing uh, and having a great, great time. Let me, let me tell you, I'm preaching to you about something that is very important for us to have the kind of revival that God wants to give to us. Uh, amen. We can shout, talk all we want to uh, about all the joy that we've got and how excited and rejoicing we are. But have you ever stopped in the middle of a service and watched Pentecostals as they claim to be a, getting a blessing? I promise you, it looks more like an epileptic fit most of the time. I said, in a church dedication, amen, well, I could tell there were some relatives of the pastor there, and it was their first time in a Pentecostal church. And this sister got up front, and I'm telling you, she, she was, you know, doing the typical shout, but boy, her whole face, and I thought, dear God, and I watched them relatives of the pastor who look at her and say, Ooh, is she going to be all right? Uh, anybody got 911 on the line? Uh, it, she's in horrible pain. Uh, it just looked like it. And sometimes uh, the joy that we claim that we have, it never does show up on our mug. 
It never does show up on our countenance. Uh, it never does show up uh, in the joy that we have found uh, in the house of the Almighty God uh, when we come to worship and to magnify and to praise His name. I've tried to train the people at home. When you run the aisles, it's okay to open your eyes and it's surely okay to smile when you do it. Uh-huh. It's surely all right for you to grin a little bit when you're dancing. It, it's okay. It doesn't hurt at all. Uh, it might convince somebody that you're feeling good uh, about what's happening to you uh, instead of feeling bad about it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. He said, I am just going to learn to rejoice in all things. Amen. I'm talking about joy that's guaranteed to last. Now, we've heard preaching about soul winning, evangelism, and I'm here to agree with the fact that that is an absolute must in every church. But you know what? I'm convinced we build it up sometimes to tell people that there's no joy like the soul winner's joy. And truly, if you're talking individual types of joy, it really is. But if you are trying to convince me that God ever intended for the joy that you felt when somebody else got salvation to be greater than the joy you're supposed to feel over your own salvation, I got news for you. You're wrong. You're really, really, really wrong. We get that idea sometimes, and I, I believe that. You know, I, I, I thought, God, I can't wait till I've pastored enough years around here. Amen. And I, I've won enough souls to God that I can get rid of some of them old raunchy, reprobate devils that the last pastor before me left around here. I could just get rid of all them. You know what I found out, Brother Neil? I found out I'm every bit as good at raising world-class devils as what the last pastor was. I found out I'm just as talented as he was in that category. And the folks that I win to God and baptize in Jesus' name, some of them end up just being hell on wheels uh, for me to contend with. You think I'm going to put all my joy in somebody else? Uh, not on your life. Uh, it's the joy of my salvation. Uh, that is the joy, the only joy that is guaranteed to last uh, in this world uh, and in the world to come. Sit down. He said there's times that the fig tree is not going to budge. Now you can look it up in the scripture. I know we preach about the balm of Gilead, but the most often used plant for medicinal purposes in the Bible was the fig tree. Very much like the olivera plant that's used today. I mean, you drink it, you put it on your skin, you do everything, some people say, and it'll, it'll fix you of everything. And so Habakkuk said there's going to be times that the fig tree isn't going to bud. There's going to be times that there's going to be problems and diseases and afflictions of the flesh, that there will be absolutely no healing at all 
He said, there are times that I've got to realize that the fig tree is just not going to bud. What am I going to do about it? He said, well, well, let me tell you something. Since God is in full control, and he's convinced me of that, he said, I think I can learn to rejoice in all things. I think I can learn that the joy of my salvation is something that'll last even through the times uh, when the fig tree does not bud and do its job. Uh, we are living in a society. There's not one of you sitting here that a close family member of yours somewhere has not been touched by terminal diseases, uh, cancer and Alzheimer's and on and on and on and all of the false hopes that are associated. I'm not diminishing the miracle working power of God because I know God to God there is no terminal disease. God can heal uh, at any given moment any disease. Uh, but that does not mean that he always will. Oh, to listen to some of the Pentecostal magicians among us, uh, you would believe the never die doctrine. They teach and they preach uh, that, bless God, if you're a child of God, uh, there's no disease that can come uh, and enter into your body. Uh, and, you know, if you're living right, none of that can ever happen to you. It's the old note, never die doctrine, I guess. Uh, wouldn't it be a mess if that was really true? You know, Brother Young, the only way God could get any of his kids home is having car wrecks and plane wrecks and things like that because none of us could die of natural causes of the human body if we were really full of the Holy Ghost, the way some of the jokers preach it, the way some of them tell it. I mean, if we really had God inside. But the truth of the matter is, the minute you were born, you started dying. And the cells in your body, they're placed there. They're in my body. And it's just a part of the natural decay process uh, of the human body. Some of you woke up with some arthritis this morning uh, and some bursitis and some other aches and some pains. Uh, and you're going to have them. I'm going to have them. Uh, it's all a part of life uh, that you and I have got to live with. I remember dear sister of mine. Amen. She was diagnosed with cancer at age 40. And they came by. I mean, every whodunit in Pentecost came by and prophesied. She's not going to die of cancer. She's not going to die of cancer. And I'm telling you, I didn't call T.W. Barnes to do the praying and the fasting. You're looking at the boy that did the praying and the fasting and begging God uh, and traveling up to Stockton, California, had her hold up the whole hospital staff and all so her younger brother could come in. She had him waiting in the, in the operating room. She said, I ain't going under, under the knife until my brother comes.
and she had him waiting in the in the operating room she said i ain't going under under the knife until my brother comes and prays for me we're going to believe god and brother we prayed and i fasted and we sought the face of god uh, month in month out uh, oh yeah it, it ain't gonna happen I, thought, god, I, I hope they're right i hope they're right today the they died amen i had, was the one that had to look at the little nieces of mine and then say uncle phil why did god lie to us yeah none of them are in the church today why did god lie to us why would god tell us a lie like that i said honey god didn't lie to you god will never lie never lie don't you ever doubt it uh, amen there was no shortage of faith uh, that sister loved god uh, at her funeral held at brother haney's church where she was a member amen brother haney looked at me uh, and he said phil i gotta tell you about your sister leah he said i gotta tell you about the last service that she was here in church uh, i said please tell me he said she was here she was believing god we're all believing god uh, the choir got up was singing uh, there's a healer in the house today uh, and for you he won't to make a way uh, he said leah left her cane behind uh, and there she could barely walk uh, but he said she took off uh, around the lap around the church uh, and it's a long ways around uh, with her hands lifted up in the air doing the little shuffle the best she could uh, praising and worshiping god uh, she didn't stop at one lap uh, she made two complete laps uh, around the church glorifying god uh, i thought oh thank god she found it she found it she found a joy that will last even when the fig tree doesn't blossom even when the buds are not there she found a joy that is greater than any other joy that you could find on planet earth she found the joy of her salvation be seated he said there are times that there will be no fruit on the vine thomas david tells us a wife shall be a fruitful vine i'm here to preach to you that there are times that the spouses that you and i make lifetime commitments to don't end up bringing the sweet nectar that was dreamed about at that altar there are times that the sugar and the wine and the honey, the beautiful relationship, end up with somebody with wandering eyes and somebody with a lustful spirit and somebody committing adultery and somebody running off with a gal on the job, somebody taking off and doing and leaving abandoned oh we might as well talk reality you know in our churches where single men bring their children to church and single women bring their children to church uh, amen and oh you would have never told them from the beginning that it would end up that way at all uh, you say oh I, I i'm not sure that i believe uh, all of that now now wait a minute let me tell you i know in marriage uh, it takes two to have a beautiful marriage but I also have learned through life it only takes one to mess it up. No, some of you are too stinking self-righteous to admit that. 
But I'm going to tell you, God's got a book for you to read. It's called the book of Hosea. You show me one thing wrong that Hosea ever did that caused Gomer to do what she did. I'm sick and tired of Pentecostal good godly people coming to church and feeling all guilty and feeling like it must have been my fault and feeling all defeated and feeling all hang dog and feeling like I'm a second class citizen from this point on in the kingdom of God because my husband backs slid uh, because my wife backslid. Uh, I got news for you, friend. Uh, Habakkuk said there are times uh, that there's not going to be any fruit uh, upon the vine. Uh, there are times uh, that it's going to happen. I looked down earlier this year preaching a meeting in the Northwest. I saw a young man and I was dreading seeing him knowing the awful dilemma preacher of the gospel great man of god that he had just gone through with his wife and i, I looked out in service and i spotted him there amen he was on the front row he had two brand new converts one on each side of him uh, i thought my god it seems like only yesterday amen that his wife and he and my wife and i were holding hands walking along the sands uh, of the beach there in los angeles together talking and having fun uh, and eating popcorn and having a great time uh, like everything was fine uh, but she fell in love with her boss on the job uh, and all of a sudden today uh, he's a broken man left all alone uh, and she's remarried uh, I thought God it takes a lot of courage uh, for him to just show his face uh, and be here at the meeting uh, but then all of a sudden the worship got to happening uh, and I looked down there uh, and I watched a great big beam on his face uh, and I watched him started dancing uh, and a leaping and a shouting uh, and grabbing a hold uh, of them new converts that was there and glorifying God uh, I thought thank God he found it he found it. He found the joy that's guaranteed to last. Even if the marriage don't. He found a joy that is greater than any other joy that this world has to give. He said they're like all the plants round about thy table. I'm here to preach to you. There are times, the darling children, that we have nurtured that we have loved, that we have given body, soul, and spirit. We've placed all our hopes in them, all our dreams, everything that we hope to ever carry on after we're dead and gone. We place them in our kids. We do that. Sure, we do that. There are times that all of the love and all of the care and all of the tender cultivating of that plant Bible said the labor of the olive sometimes will fail. Word in the Hebrew means lie. In other words, the olive will show the blossom like the fruit is really going to come. But it lies. It never does produce the fruit. Times that you dressed them up in the Sunday best, set them up in the choir, the same children's choir, the Christmas program the Easter program, times that you dreamed together, saw them on the little soapbox leading songs and preaching the gospel and quoting Acts 2.38, telling you they're going to love it all their life. 
They're never going to change. They're always going to believe it. It's deeply and rooted in them. And you beamed with joy and pleasure. And you thought, dear God, uh, the greatest, the ultimate of everything that could ever come to a man. But hear me, my friend. There are times that that olive, amen, gives the flower, but it doesn't give the fruit. It lies in there in the bitter anguish uh, of feeling betrayed and robbed and cheated uh, over an investment that there was no return uh, that ever came your way. It's awful easy to get all puckered up when you come to church. Uh, it's awful easy uh, to come to God's house uh, and act like I ain't got nothing to be happy about. Uh, my kids are backslid. Uh, I've got nothing to dance about. Uh, I've got nothing to shout and run uh, and talk in tongues until the day they come back through the doors of the church. Uh, I won't have reason to rest uh, or to rejoice at all. Uh, hey, I'm going to tell you, it's a part of life. Uh, yes, to my mom and dad, there were born eight children. I don't know why it happened the way that it did, uh, but every other child chose to live for God, and the alternate child chose not to. It wasn't because mom and dad did anything different. Uh, they did exactly the same thing uh, with all of us, the same love, impartiality. Quit kicking yourself. Uh, quit beating yourself down uh, and saying, I did something wrong, God. Uh, I'm going to live all of my life regretting it. I'm going to pay for some moment of anger or for something wrong that I have done. It is ever much an individual choice that God has given. Amen. To those olive plants. God is the one that will not violate that. Oh, yes. I sat my dad's funeral and watched this. An older sister of mine named Susan stepped to the side of the casket at the graveyard. The utter shame and embarrassment, amen, to everybody, including the sinners that were there. I watched my sister. I watched her open up a book, a New Age book, which she is a writer of New Age books, open up one called Illusion. I watched her in that sacred moment. I thought, oh, God. If Daddy was a Buddhist, I'd be happy to give him a Buddhist funeral. He was a Pentecostal preacher. You've got to be kidding. You're, you're, you're going to do this to him right here at the gravesite. And she stood up and proudly proclaimed uh, that I didn't serve the same God that my father served uh, and declared to everybody that was there as she read from her book that Jesus Christ was just an illusion, a figment uh, of the imagination uh, and the shame, and it was crushing my heart. Uh, and I looked over to the frail shoulders of my mother, uh, and I watched that woman uh, that, to the best of my knowledge, has never said anything bad uh, about anybody that I've ever heard in life. Uh, I watched her shoulders break uh, and the sobbing and the pain uh, and I watched her uh, and I thought oh God no uh, how could a child uh, stab a knife so deep uh, and turn the knife uh, in the very heart uh, of a parent that loved them cared for them, fed them, clothed them did everything uh, all of their life for it put my arm around my mama, walked amen of plane on the way home. She said, son, pray for me. Pray for me. 
I don't want to get bitter. What Susan, what Buddy did to me at the funeral. I don't want to be bitter about it. Son, pray for me. Pray. And I slipped my arm around her. We prayed a little bit. I said, Mama, I'll keep praying for you. God's going to pull you through. Sunday night service came. Amen. Victory Tabernacle knew the white family needed a little lift in the spirit. Needed the touch of the supernatural to come down and bless uh, and strengthen us. Uh, amen. Oh, they began to sing and shout and praise and worship uh, and dance and magnify God. Uh, I looked down on the front row uh, and I saw them little skinny legs uh, of my mama that I can remember, amen, ever since I was a little child, uh, hiding from them when they got to going like pistons uh, because I wanted to sleep under the chairs. Uh, and I watched my mama, amen, with tears in her eyes. Uh, and I watched her legs start to bounce just a little bit. Uh, and I watched it starting to get out of control. Uh, and before long, she was up on her feet uh, and she was uh, doing this. Uh, and she was dancing uh, and crying and praising. Uh, I thought, thank God, Mama, you found it. Uh, you found it. Uh, you found the joy uh, that even when the olive, uh, even when the children uh, utterly destroy you uh, and crush you uh, and defeat you, uh, you have a joy that is guaranteed to last. You found, you found a joy that's guaranteed to last. Quickly, I tell you, the fields and the flocks, he said, there's times your finances will be in utter shame. But have you found a joy that you can rejoice even when that's all turned upside down? Have you found a joy? Or did you get a counterfeit Holy Ghost? Did you get the real thing when you got it? Did you get that uh, that is greater than any other joy? My friend, uh, I'm thankful uh, for the strength that you receive uh, from Bible teaching. Uh, I'm thankful for the strength that I receive uh, from sound doctrine. Uh, some folks think uh, that that's all uh, of their strength. Uh, and thank God, I've watched some. Uh, so much sound doctrine, they go sound asleep uh, every service that they get in. Uh, hey, I'm glad for the strength uh, that the standards of this church uh, give to us. Uh, I'm glad for all of that. Uh, but the Bible does not say uh, that sound doctrine is our strength. Uh, it does not say uh, that standards of holiness is our strength. Uh, this Bible said uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, and if the devil can rob you of that if the devil can take that away from you he's got you you're dead meat you will be destroyed you will be you will be sit down just for a moment more as i conclude amen hallelujah my god promised us that he would never put more on us than we could bear that there were times that the load would get awful heavy, but that our God would be so gracious that during those times when we needed it the most, he'd lift that load off of us 
and give us a little season of refreshing. Whew. Give us a little time of renewing and restoring ourselves in the joy of his free salvation. Give us a little time. I walked out of a convention last year, took an elder that I love and respect to dinner. Amen. I said, oh, wasn't that service great? He said, yep, just like the old stomp lot. I said, the what? He said, the old stomp lot, son. You never heard of that? Not in my neck of the woods. Tell me about it, Elder. What, what is it? He said, well, the old stomp lot around where I was raised is where the good farmers provided a fenced-in area for their beasts of burden, their donkeys, the mules, the horses, or whoever pulled the plow, that when it was lunchtime or time, the heat of the day was bearing down just a little too heavy on man and beast alike. That is, the man would go and get some iced tea and cool himself down. He would take that heavy, loaded-down animal inside a specially fenced-in place, and he would open the gate. Couldn't turn him loose out in the open pasture, but he could take him in there, and as he got inside, he would lift the harness from off of his shoulders. He would lift the yoke from off of his back. He would lift that heavy load that was there. And that old horse is the one that got it named the stomp lot. Because when the horse got in there, he got to feeling so good that the load had been lifted. <laughs> he knew he wasn't done for the day, uh, but he knew it was time the referee had called time out, uh, and it was time uh, for a little break uh, and a little breather. And said that old horse uh, would get to stomping around uh, and get to pawing the ground uh, and get to going uh, absolutely slap dab crazy, uh, just having itself a time. Uh, hey, man, uh, oh, you know what? Uh, I, I don't care that it happens while I'm preaching, uh, but I'm telling you, there are some of you that have come to Mark with heavy loads and burden. And somewhere during this meeting, God wants to turn this auditorium into a stomp lot where he lifts your load for just a little bit and you cut loose in the power of the Holy Ghost and renew yourself in that great salvation. <laughs> and somebody come to the music. Woo. I, I've even seen horses get on the ground and get all four big ones up in the air. They call us holy rollers, but that's all right. Woo. That's all right. If they only knew, if they only, hey, you can go ahead and have a nervous breakdown if you want. Uh, you can go ahead and backslide if you want, but don't blame God. 
Don't blame God. God came by and lifted your load and took you in the stomp lot and said, get a little bit of joy. Get a little bit of joy. Get a little bit of strength. Get a little bit of blessing, child. I've watched you toiling. I've watched you laboring. I've watched all the horrid disappointments of life. But I just came by to tell you the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when he lifts the load, forget about what you look like. Forget about what your neighbor thinks about you. Just enjoy the joy of your salvation. Just enjoy the freedom that God has given to you and to I. We're going to sing unto the Lord. Lead us, brother. Lead us. Oh, it is my strength. The joy. Oh, it is my strength. The joy of the Lord. It is my strength. The joy of the Lord 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 is my strength. Come on, help us praise Him. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. just to come down here in the stomp lot for just a little while with me just for a minute or two here right at the end and sing this song with complete abandonment raising your hands toward the Lord the joy of the Lord is my strength oh yes it is is my strength the joy of the Lord the joy of the Lord is my strength oh yes Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, that's beautiful. Magnify him. Oh, yes, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord. The joy. Hallelujah. Oh, the joy of the Lord is mine. Come on, let's praise him. 
Lift your hands toward the Lord, the joy of the Lord. Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord. Yes, it is my strength, the joy of the Lord. Is my strength, the joy of the Lord. One last time, here we go. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Yes, it is my strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, yes, he brought me out. Thank you. He kept me. Thank you. I knew him in the Holy Ghost. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you think we ought to praise him in spite of our problems, in spite of our setbacks, in spite of our trouble, whatever it might be, because our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Our joy is in the Lord. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Come on, the devil is a liar, ladies and gentlemen. He is a liar. He cannot steal your joy. He cannot take your joy away from you. Oh, yes, it's our strength. The joy. Put your hands together and magnify him. Oh, how I love him, how I love him, how I love him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, he wants to be your burden bearer. He wants to be your helper. He wants to be your provider. He wants to be your friend. I put joy in our hearts. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a day we've had. What a day we've had. Amen. The presence of the Lord is in this room. Thank you, Brother Mitchell, for preaching to us. Thank you, Brother Pugh. God bless you. Thank you, Brother White, for ministering to us. I want you to clap your hands and thank God for these great sermons we've heard today. Thank you, Brother White. Everybody ought to be able to leave here today saying, I thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. That's the issue. If you can stand on your feet right now and say, I'm saved, then nothing else really matters. Because if the Lord should come this moment, if the Lord should come this moment, the fact that your car doesn't run right will not keep you here. The fact that your children are backslidden will not keep you here. The fact that your body doesn't work anymore will not keep you here. The fact you're having a little financial struggle will not keep you here. But if the Lord is on the inside, 
and the call comes, you're going to be caught up. Caught up. Caught up. Somebody say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes, the joy of the Lord. Oh, is my strength. That's it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I want you to sing the last line. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, do it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. 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 I receive it. I thank you for it. I open up my heart to your word. Well, it's too bad we have to go. Now, I'm anticipating the next service. Brother Merle Ewing's going to have a song for us tonight, at least one. The Carruthers are going to be here. Pettigos are going to be here. Choir's going to be here. Brother Cleveland Beckton is going to be speaking to us shortly after 7.30. Brother Jerry Jones is going to be coming and preaching to us sometime after Brother Beckton finishes around 11, 12 o'clock. We're not going to be in a hurry. We're not going to be in a hurry. How many want these preachers to take their time? How many are glad Brother White went ahead and preached to us today? Uh, we're not, we're not going to let these guys off the hook. He came from California with something to say to us. And we're glad that he let the Holy Ghost use him. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we've got to get out of here, don't we? Doesn't it feel good? Now, don't forget, be back here at 7.30. If you can come early, the prayer rooms are open. This church is open all afternoon. Find a place to pray. Seek God. Come expecting tonight. Get on the phone. Call somebody and say, get yourself down here and be in the house of the Lord tonight. We're going to hear some great preaching tonight. The Holy Ghost is going to meet with us. Get out of here now for a little while. We'll be back at 7 or so. And let's magnify the Lord. IBC students, listen to me. We need you to cooperate. Please, carpool as much as you can. And then, aside from that, if you will park in this far lot and walk over, I believe the Lord will bless you. Uh, $50 bills may fall out of the sky as you're walking over from the parking lot. And I know you need it. So help us. And then to all of our speakers who are part of our program, there's, there are vans waiting for you under the canopy. And we have a, a meal prepared for you, if you will. If you would like to go with us, we certainly want you to. And uh, it will be very quick. You will